Uh, welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Troy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is the divine purpose in trial. The divine purpose in trial. Did you know that there are divine purposes in trials? You can turn with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 1. Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 1. I'm going to read you several verses here. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks and wa of water, of fountains and of depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Now, all of us face trials. All of us face problems, heartaches and troubles. Nobody is exempt from it. After they get saved, some people have the idea that everything is going to be rosy for the rest of their life. They are never going to have any problems. They are never going to have to face any kind of trouble at all. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, I want to read that to you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Look, if you love the Lord and serve the Lord, you're going to face some things in life, and you're going to wonder what it's all about. You're going to wonder, why me, Lord? You're going to face troubles, heartaches, and trials. It might be dealing with your relatives and your loved ones. It could be any number of things, but God is going to see that we go through a certain um, number of trials in life in order to develop our faith and to get us where he wants us to be. You may be facing some things like we mentioned presently in your life. You may be going through what Ezekiel uh, talked about in Ezekiel chapter 47, going through the water. He said at one point it was up to his ankle, then it got up to his knee, then it got up to his thigh, and then it was up to where he had to swim. That's the way it is sometimes, but I tell you what, when the water is so deep you have to swim, your head is always above the water. If Jesus is your head, and he is supposed to be. Trials, troubles, what is God's purpose in this? 
Why does he put us through some of the things that he puts us through? Why does he allow the devil to put us through some things that he allows him to put us through? He has many reasons. Sometimes it's for discipline. Sometimes it is to build our faith. Sometimes it is for testing. And sometimes it is to purify us. He has different reasons. I want to share some verses with you out of the book of James, chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. The book of James, chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. My, bre my brethren, count it all joy when ye shall fall into diverse temptations. In other words, get excited and praise God when you've got when you've got trouble. That is what he is saying. You say, now that's a strange thing to do. James chapter 1 verse 3 says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He says, go, you go through trials faithfully with God, and you will come out on the other end a better Christian than you are now. Your faith will be stronger. You'll be a better person. You will have better character. You will just be better all the way around. That is why we count it all joy when we face trials. Look, if you didn't face some negative things, you would never know how to react when trouble came. Some parents shield their children from everything. I remember reading a case one time where the parents shielded their child from death. If a funeral procession was going down the street, they would call it a parade or something. They did anything to get the kid's mind away from death and never let him know anything about death. And finally, very someone very close to him died. This young person had never faced death and didn't know anything about it. He was 20 years old uh, when this happened, and it almost destroyed him when he finally realized that there is such a thing as death. You have to go through some negative things if you are going to live, be able to face life, and cope with it. We don't always understand trials or the purpose of our troubles. You might be going through something right now that you just don't understand. You don't know why it's happening to you. I think it was Dwight Moody who said, Where we can't see the hand of God, we can feel his heart. Where we can't see God's wisdom in affliction, we can still know that he knows what he is doing. We can understand that he does love us, and it is for our good and benefit ultimately. I want to read you something out of the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. When you were a child, did you enjoy the spankings your daddy gave you? It is not any fun uh, when it is happening, is it? If, if you are facing troubles and heartache today, it is no fun. It does not seem very joyful, does it? You go through it in faith with God, and you come out on the other side all the better for it. It works the peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life if you let it do that. So we don't always understand trials. I am sure Job did not understand. He is a primary example in Scripture of a trial and tribulation. Here is a man who, in a 24-hour period, 
lost ten, ten children. His wife turned against him. He lost all his crops and his livestock, his wealth. Remember, he was the richest man in the place. His wealth was gone. He was poverty-stricken, and he lost his health. Could you cope with that? Some of the things we lose today, we have a pity party, a temper tantrum, and act like a two-year-old. Really, it is nothing compared to what Job lost. Could you cope with it? His wife said, why don't you curse God and die? He said, not a chance. You are talking like a fool. He said, God gives and God takes away. It is his. What I own is God's. It is his business. He gave it to me. If he wants to take it, he can take it. Who am I to get mad about it? Job has the right attitude about trials, and he came through with greater faith as a result. I'm in James chapter 5, verse 11. James chapter 5, verse 11. The Bible said, Behold, we count them happy which endure. We have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. That is his tender heartiness toward his children. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. How do you see that? It is because you saw that how, he, how he brought Job through all those trials and all those troubles. No matter how bad it gets, you will probably never face what Job did. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, Israel in the wilderness, they have been there for 40 years headed for the promised land and they have gone through a lot of trials. It was problems after problems after problems. They just almost died of thirst. They almost died of hunger. The enemy attacked them and they didn't know how to fight the battle. They got whipped and some of their people got killed. It's just all kinds of trouble. The burning heat of the desert, for example, God said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of great blessing. But for 40 years, they had to walk around. I mean, hot. Think about being out there in the desert for 40 years, every day for 40 years, and all you see is sand and sunshine. Every day, you see no crops, no rain, no birds chirping, just hot wind, sand and sunshine. Living out there in those tents was just trial after trial. That wilderness was a place of sore trials for Israel. There was a nature uh, to their to their trials. It was long. It was severe. It was a result of unbelief, but it was still under God's leading. Can our trial be any different today? People are going through trials in this COVID pestilence. People are going through trials in this economy, especially people in business. But remember, it is also under God's leading. He knows exactly what is going on. What would help matters greatly is for America to turn from her sin. But you know what? Sin is never mentioned. But what is mentioned and promoted is her abominations and wicked deeds. They have the freedom to teach our children. If you are a young man today and you feel like a, uh, you want to be a young woman, that's okay in the year we live. But we do not want to offend because the hate speech law that we impl- implemented might have to kick in. The world does not want to have anything to do with God or His Word or His truth. Why? Because it's offensive. Because the Bible says God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Also, he did not 
bring Eve out of another woman. He created them male and female. When I was a teenager and I heard the word transgender, I did not know what that meant because I had never heard that word before. The Speaker of the House in our government stood on the House floor a couple of weeks ago and said, It is no longer proper to say father and mother, but instead say parent number one and parent number two. God help a government where their leadership is that depraved. That is a blasphemy to a holy God. God will never heal a land that is that depraved. God knew what he was doing when he created male and female. He did not make a mistake. Look, we either practice being holy and standing up for what is righteous, or we will be a blender Christian and blend right in with the world. We need to practice the doctrine of separation, separating ourselves from the world. You can still witness to the world, but just separate yourself from their wicked ways. I never thought I'd see the day when they celebrated the gay lifestyle for a month and called it Pride Week. Then they hold parades for a month. I mean, then they hold parades carrying the rainbow flag, even in Dollywood. When we're when are we going to teach our families how wrong that is instead of supporting the wicked entertainment of the world? But remember, while Israel went through trials, they also received blessings from God. Are we any different? They were supplied manna from heaven for their survival. Their clothing was preserved. Their feet were kept. God's presence was with them. Do you think God has changed? Always remember, remember, there is a purpose to everything God does. It humbled the people, and it also proved them. Are we being proved in the day we live to see who stands for God and who does not? Are you one that goes along with the status quo so as not to offend, or do you stand for righteousness? I also see these trials as God trying to teach his children. But are we wise enough to listen? And then here is the most important part that we never seem to get right. Obey. If there is no obedience, then you are wasting your time and God's time. I want to ask you one more question before I close. Are you 100% sure that you are going to heaven? Did you know that the Bible wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt? You, you might say, well, I don't think anybody knows for sure. God wants you to know. It says in 1 John 5:13 that you may know that you have eternal life. But here's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to realize that we are a sinner. That's the first step. We've got to realize we're a sinner. And then the second most important part is we've got to repent. In other words, give up your sin. Don't practice your sin anymore. Give it up. You can repent a thousand times, will not do you one bit of good until you actually give up that sin. Then ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. And guess what? He'll do exactly what he said he would. He'll come into your life and you'll be saved, or what the Bible calls being born again. You'll be born again. You'll have e eternal life. That means you can spend an eternity in heaven. That means that you're already a citizen of heaven. You just hadn't got there yet. 
So think about those things. Think about or ask yourself that question. Are you 100% sure that you're going to have it? If you're not, you can be today just by asking Christ in your life, doing a turnaround, doing a change, repenting of your sin, and asking God to come into your life. I hope you've enjoyed this study, and uh, we'll look forward to many more. Have a good day. God bless.